Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. We are back on the Oz Network for another episode of 24 in this month of only episodes of 24. We might be able to squeeze something else before the month is over, but we're keeping you busy here. We're keeping you entertained. Uh, Spencer's keeping you entertained. He's trying his hardest. Not really working, but <laughs> Spencer's there. Uh, that should be the title of this episode. Spencer is there. Uh, we are here to talk but about is January he evil. 20- it's, oh, he's got no mustache to twirl, so it's hard to tell. Uh, this was January 23rd, 2006's episode, directed by John Kassar and written by Joel Cernow and Michael Osef. This is 11 a.m. to 12 p.m., the famous episode of 11 a.m. to 12 p.m. Not of season four, by the yeah, way. Season, season five. five. This is season, Def- definitely is season five. Definitely season five. <laughs> uh, my name is Colin from Outside Support. Oh, you didn't use it. All right. And my name is Ben. And okay, then when we find the nerve gas and alert level drops, we can have some chamomile tea and I'll let you uh, I'll let you in on my secrets. Okay. I can't even read what I wrote. I for sure, sure thought you were going to use that one. So I didn't even. There's re- probably a reason I didn't use it. because It's unreadable. <laughs> yeah. Okay, let's, let's try that again. My name is Ben. And okay, when we find the nerve gas and the alert level drops, we can have some chamomile tea and I'll tell you my secrets. Okay. There. Oh, whoa, that was what brilliant. A quote. <laughs> Wish I'd come up with that. Uh, this is the period of episodes, which I feel like, especially during this era of 24, when we had like those two night premieres, where it kind of gets lost in the shuffle and you forget about <laughs> most of the stuff that happened here. Mm. But it's all leading towards next week, which I mean, next week, I haven't even finished watching next week's episode Ooh. yet. Next week, I'm like, oh, this is the one to remember. Yeah. Uh, but what I'm so impressed by in this episode is they have about three episodes worth of story that they crammed into 42 minutes and somehow made it work. Like it's brilliant. Uh, More than anything, let's give props to the editors on this episode. Also props to Brendan Fraser, because I'm sure he was involved in the editing process, but um, how they actually were able to fit all of this story in here and not have anything feel rushed, not have anything, you know, feel like it, it, it needed further development absolutely brilliant work um not that there's any major major things going on it's just a lot of talking but wow what a great bunch of talking yeah i completely agree i think it's just the beauty of season five and particularly this early part where it is just very consistent that even you know on a lesser episode it's still a great episode i think that if this was an episode on any other season you wouldn't remember it at all um but like Mm -hmm. i think it's kind of it is unique that it's kind of sandwiched between the opening four and then next week which is an absolutely incredible episode um and it's sort of there but it's still got some good stuff in it like yeah like are we going to be talking about this in 10 weeks time probably not but 
you know, it's still got... I mean, there, there is one scene in this episode that I will put as a nominee for a top five. It's not going to make it because we've got so many great moments in this season. There's no way this scene in this episode will make the top five. But it's just one that I love. And it's the first time we get a genuine reaction from a person to Jack being alive still after 18 months. And so, it's Mara. Yeah, it is. Uh, is, that, is that a name? I've literally written Laura, Lara, oh. Tyler. Like, that's why they say three different names. Who is, who is she? Uh, um, she's been around a while we've never seen her i just i swear in the space of 30 seconds they're like hey laura thanks lara so tyler are we gonna go like huh this person's name but yeah it's a it's a very solid episode and action curtis i love a bit of curtis hanging out of a truck on the phone to edgar who the hell is edgar that's relevant for you now (laughs) very how very austrian of him yes and i was like can i just also formally apologize to everybody who's listened to our episodes in the last couple of weeks and heard us advertise uh anniversary month and they're going where where is american graffiti um it's delayed we'll have it later Uh, in the year yes it's it's going to be coming but um Life life gets in the way. Life Ian uh, gets in the way. <laughs> as Ian Malcolm in his middle age would probably say if he had three children uh, <laughs> and basement rental was going on and stuff and that's like just that. Me. Uh, that's just Ben. <laughs> yes. There's no children in his basement. Uh, let's just clear that for the authorities. Well, uh, oh, what? Okay. <laughs> muffle it, muffle it. They can't hear. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, I'm going to get in the episode now. This is actually so much of this episode is just the CTU Jack stuff. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to cover the villain stuff and then a little bit of the Curtis stuff and then the Logan stuff as well. It's kind of the first section here. Uh, so basically, as the episode opens, we got the the gas canisters that are being removed. Uh, as we saw last week, this is what the 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 decoy was with the whole hostage situation at the Ontario airport. Uh, <laughs> you want you want to hide something? You want to hide a, a toxic gas, a bioweapons? Hide it at the Ontario airport. <laughs> this is how shit this airport is. This is post 9/11 America, and they've just been able to like dig a hole in a hangar and put some freaking weapon, military grade nerve gas underneath. That's a, Ontario airport. No terrorists would ever try that one. Go for your life, champ. You know, you know the mice are the only ones bothered by this. Apparently, <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on these rats. Oh my god, the budget clearly uh, ran out of the fake rats. <laughs> I do love though that their little cover where they're just going to put a SWAT police van. It just says SWAT police department in pencil. Deckle pencil, yeah. They're stenciling it on there uh, to sneak out. We got the yellow tie guy hiding in the back. Uh, they basically snip out of the gate. Um, that's more or less it for the villain stuff. Uh, Curtis though has a job to do. So he's, uh, Jack was apprehended. Can we just remind people Jack was put under arrest in this episode and he just acts as an employee for the next two weeks without anybody questioning. Wasn't he supposed to be like locked up right now in cuffs being questioned? Do you not feel the writers? Like I, I I wasn't really listening when you said who the writers were of this episode, but I guess like I'm assuming they're different from the first four writers. Do you not think they just Ryan Johnson the last four weeks? It's kind of like, Jack, he's <laughs> under arrest, taken there. And the writer's going, no, he's not. And then Sean Aston is just like, <laughs> I looked at the uh, evidence and you are definitely innocent. You are level two clearance. Welcome back, Jack. So not weird that you've been dead for 18 months, but there's your old desk. We just need somebody that somehow the yellow tiger got out. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> somehow. But even like with this Curtis stuff, because like it's this, I mean, again, you've got to catch people up who haven't been there a week. I get it. You've got to, you know, repeat the plot. That's what the previously on 24 is for, by the way, folks. But like even just this bit when like, was it Curtis calls Jack and he's all like, action Curtis, like, I'm hanging off a truck. And he's just all like, Jack, how you doing? Good, Curtis. I literally talked to you two minutes ago, but okay. It's like, yes. 
So this guy, which entrance do you think he would have exited? Like, which gate? Curtis, I just told you I was on the phone to you for two, like, two minutes. Like, why does he literally need to call him straight away? So what exit do you think? Like, didn't Jack say all this before he left? You're under arrest. But I'll call you in the car to get more information for dramatic effect. I mean, Curtis is the only guy here actually being paid to do this job. And he's like, yeah, so um, not really sure what to do next, Jack. What would you do in my situation? <laughs> and how does Jack remember everything? Yeah, but like, how does he remember everything? Jack was in that room for about, what, half an hour? He's like, it's why <laughs> gate three, Pastor Tim Hortons just left at the McDonald's. <laughs> I'm a regular at Ontario Airport. They've got great flights <laughs> to Albuquerque. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the Curtis, though, is like, like you said, this is action Curtis. So it's, oh, it makes it. no sense, but it's so cool to see as he's on the phone with Jack and he gets in the vehicle. No, he doesn't. He doesn't get in the vehicle that has every seat open except for the driver's one. <laughs> Curtis and about six agents are hanging off the side of this while on the phone. No time to get in the seats, guys. We've got to move, move, move. So good. I love it when you see this in like TV shows and movies. Because I'm sure it's an effective, you know, for SWAT and like military. It probably is. You oh, jump yeah. off straight away and run, but it just looks cool. Like, does it not it look just, so cool? It just reminds me of like every scene of Joe Morton in speed and then Keanu Reeves <laughs> hanging on the side is like, we got seats guys. There's, there's seat, there's laws here. You gotta be buckled up. Plus distracted driving, put down the cell phone, Curtis. You're committing two felonies right now. Roger Cross is like, I need to put this on my acting resume that I'm action Roger. Like I no, I will not sit in a seat. I'm hanging off the side, yelling at Edgar. Edgar, I need you to get me clearance under the hangar. Da, 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 da. But it, it's, it is very much more the Curtis that we're used to though. Like we, mentioned several times last season where it's like oh this isn't curtis yet and then when he kind of gets into a bit of the action role yeah you know during like the the, the building sequence with marwan and, and the, the solitaire guy and all that then it kind of became curtis so i like to see curtis in these situations as ridiculous and dopey as it looks it's still fun <laughs> so um cool. Listen, next time i'm in a car next time i catch an uber nope i'm hanging out the car <laughs> colin let's record <laughs> but but then we get Curtis is uh, com completely evolving himself here because he's no longer just repeating the obvious. He doesn't go in there and say, these mice are dead. He goes there and says, these mice are dead and it has to be from toxic nerve gas. But he immediately assumes there's no way there would ever be dead mice in an abandoned shed in the middle of the Ontario airport. But the thing that I love about like, you know, what was the, um, the first CSI guy from the Las Vegas one, William, whatever. What oh, uh, yeah, Peterson. I Peterson, think. Yeah, yeah, never liked him. But I, I, I love that fact that he turns all CSI here and he kind of gets there <laughs> and he sort of looks and you're, hmm, dead rat. Is that foam around its mouth? Gets a piece of glass and pokes this like piece of like wood prop. Like I swear they've like spent all the money this week on special effects from last week. So they just literally got this like fake rat from the dollar store, put a bit of paint around it to make it. And even that guy later on when he's like cutting it open. But I just love the way Curtis like pokes and prods it. Does he, does he not need to put some sunglasses on and goes, well, it seems like this rat has caught his bait. Yeah! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> dun, 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 dun. <laughs> this rat got caught in a... Trap. Yeah! <laughs> it is very 2006 on this episode of 24. It's so weird, but I love it. Like, this is something endearing about Kurt. Kurt. I mean, I'm sure Roger Cross might have been on one of the CSIs. I'll have a look. Everyone was in the 2000s. But, like, it just, I love just this, like, investigative rat part of 24 that you always forget to thing. Ratatouille. Here it is. Rakakuni. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I think we just were missing that one moment where he, like, puts his finger to the rat's mouth and then licks it. <laughs> Nerve gas, Centox if I'm right. <laughs> and he starts convulsing. <laughs> 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 
but obviously they get their test results back very quickly. Yeah, <laughs> to you. Yes, it definitely tested positive for Centox nerve gas. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll pick up with this in a minute. Uh, we get back to C2. I'll just quickly say, basically, yeah, during this briefing, yeah, it's definitely the nerve gas. And then we have a bit of linen bill debating oh i thought we'd decommission all this well i don't think it's our military it's something else somehow <laughs> somebody got their hands on this stuff uh the the logan storyline i guess uh martha's unconscious because walt wolf wolf well they said linen wolf. a second ago i said they got some linen <laughs> like linen okay walt uh walt roofied her last week in case anybody <laughs> forgot uh and then logan comes in he's very unhappy because evelyn left her like th- this is one of those little details that they don't dwell on too much that just really give you everything you need to know about a character. Because even if you are the first lady, you're not going to have your, I don't know, whatever she, her handmaiden. Let's call it her handmaiden. Handmaiden. Pa- there she is. Padme. Padme here. <laughs> this is my handmaiden, Padme. <laughs> my handmaiden, Evelyn. <laughs> I sent her on an errand. Kira I'm Knightley. sure her heart goes with you. <laughs> I am her decoy. Uh- <laughs> Her protection, her loyal bodyguard. Jamie and I are just no, watching. No, I all command the you. Get on the knees. Oh, Jamie and I are just watching all the prequels right now. And it's like, man, I, I, I don't, I don't mean to, to you know, pounce on her too much, but like, I know you would. But oh, Natalie Portman's acting I? is so bad. <laughs> the Star Wars prequels you, at times. I was gonna say just on Natalie Portman. Did you see that thing recently on the last week of James Corden show? You know how sometimes he will get people to like act out. Like he got Daniel Craig to like act out like fifty Hollywood blockbusters in like two minutes. So they just oh, like I, I didn't I saw I saw Natalie Portman acted out all of her like ones in like you know crying. Uh, well, she did uh, like a bunch of Star Wars ones. So she did. Um, they re- like James Corden put on the little wig and he's like, "Are you an angel?" Like from a <laughs> uh, Phantom Menace. And then they did the whole like, "No, I call this aggressive negotiations from Attack of the Clones." And then they did the whole, um, "You're breaking my heart" scene from <laughs> Revenge of the Sith. But it was it was funny. Uh, I we've passed Cinco de Mayo now, but uh, I'm sure you've seen that Cinco de Mayo one with Obi Wan wearing the sombrero. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, Star Wars memes never get old. Anyways, we're gonna talk about 24 here, but yeah, yeah. The, the handmaiden Evelyn here. The, the little detail that Logan is like genuinely upset with her because she's not with her 24 seven. But you know that that's not what they're normally gonna do with the first lady. This just tells you enough about Martha that the audience gets, and and also it it kind of covers for a lot of what's going on with the whole, you know, uh, Charles and Martha relationship and how much Charles is actually in the know. Uh, You just believe that this is a husband whose wife is completely erratic like this. I just love that little detail. Uh, And um, we we have the conversation uh, between Martha and Charles here, which again, little things that the actors do that probably weren't on page, the way that they're kind of like, they're not whispering to each other, but they're basically getting as close to each other's ears to have the conversation while talking at like, semi-regular volume and then the way that logan responds to her where he's basically like we i think you're sick again i think you're imagining like there's so much compassion in this man while still being like presidential it's just brilliant the way that he plays this uh and then the conversation with him and walt now this is another one of those ones where you can almost see a little bit of if it is just john kassar or, or uh you know the producer's direction like watch you there's long pauses in every conversation that walt and charles logan have and this is another one where you're like, they were putting this in the, the background there so that on a rewatch, people would be like, oh, there's something here. Now, I will say, when we get to next week, at least just the parts I've seen in next week's episode, that's where I start to have a lot of questions. Because, I mean, I don't remember 
everything about you know this season so much that I can pick apart the whole what does Logan know now? What is clearly something that they they came up with later in the season? But there's a lot of holes that start appearing next week. But still yeah. here, this conversation, it's great to see their kind of weird way of communicating and dealing with each other where it almost is a little bit of like a wink-wink going on. Uh, and the main thing is when they do say something about her conspiracy theories, when Logan says her conspiracy theories, that's where I start to have questions, which I'm sure we'll get to later in the season or it'll come back to me at some point. Uh, and then Walt has his conversation with uh, Nathanson's, I think the, the villain's name here. Uh, in front of the Matrix. This, yeah, well, I, I love that this guy, he loves his projection screens. Oh, bloody <laughs> I like it, this guy, it, actually. He's great. It, it, it's such a good visual, though. Like, mm. again, I want to pull Coles in like Curtis hanging. It's very Eurovision, yes. But it's like Curtis hanging off the side of the truck. Like, does it make any sense? No, but it looks cool. That, like, he can't even see these screens. Their screens literally sitting sideways against his face, and then there's things projected on a wall. Yeah. But it just looks incredible. I love it. But, yeah, Nathan, since he's... He's got a really sinister thing going on, but like a polite sinister thing. He's a villain that doesn't get that much development from what I remember. He's more just sort of in the background to kind of, you know, give you a placeholder. He becomes like more the, important the than you remember. Him. I'll just add that. Like he, he oh, okay, good. He, he he has like a whole episode with Jack with some action in it. So he does, there is a bit more to him than you probably remember. Uh, we, we are going to get a lot of phone calls with him and Walt over the <laughs> next couple episodes here. Uh, but basically, Walt's just told, uh, you know, you need to get somebody inside to take care of Jack Bauer. Uh, Logan has a conversation. I love that he basically told Dr. Hill, I need you to report to me immediately, Dr. Hill, and tell me about Martha's condition. He comes in and he's like, all right, I finished my assistant. Or, uh, my assistant. My assessment. <laughs> my, I, I finished my assistant. <laughs> I'm going on to the handmaid next. I'm making my rounds. <laughs> he's, he's been me too, that Dr. Hill. <laughs> yeah. But he, he basically goes, okay, my assessment is done. I don't know what caused it. <laughs> I just want Charles to be like, why are you telling me this? Go back to work, buddy. <laughs> I called her psychologist. They said nothing. Okay. <laughs> this, this is like the, the Hurricane Ned episode of The Simpsons where it's the flashback of Ned's parents. Like, we tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. <laughs> Is that the hippie dad? Oh, no, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> By the way, that I always make fun of Jamie because that's like her. That's that's basically Jamie's go-to parenting. It's like, oh, the kids are throwing stuff all over the place. They can't get themselves. Have you tried taking it out of their hands? <laughs> I've tried nothing. I'm all out of ideas. Uh, so, yeah, there, there's another quick briefing here where Mike gets brought in and uh, basically they're talking about the nerve gas and everything. Uh, Walt tells Evelyn to pack. Evelyn goes into pack and Martha's like, I know what this means. That blouse only gets packed when I go to Vermont. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Vermont blouse. No. <laughs> I'm not going back there. It's great, it's great, uh, great she, tourism uh, ad for Vermont in this episode. Yeah. I'm not going back to Vermont. She said she, going back to Vermont. She said she'd kill herself if she ever had to go back to Vermont. Come to Vermont this summer. But like, what I love here is that she basically throws her hands up in the air. Fine, I know what it means. I'll do it. Uh, and then the next time we see her, again, Logan comes in and it's like, Evelyn, where's Martha? Like, Evelyn's really bad at her job if she's just supposed to, like, stick to her. <laughs> and the Secret Service, in fair point, she's taking a She's taking a dump, okay, Charles? But they go in there, and this is... Privacy, please. Shouldn't have had those extra feeders last night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, open a window, Martha. I did. Well, that's why the window was originally open, Yeah. <laughs> 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 this is 
this this episode is just gonna be so many flashes like my current life but like we're in the stage now where it's like the kids will follow us up the stairs so we basically have to lock the door every time we go to the bathroom like there's times where i forget to lock the door and i'm sitting there taking a dump and a kid's opening it on my knees I'm like, privacy please remy daddy what do you doing while we're on the topic of dumps i'll tell you a fun story so like during the week my plumbing was like blocked up and that turned into a what whole did you thing. eat <laughs> nothing there was like a fat bomb blown up in the was, <laughs> i had a plumber come over stick, stick like an expensive thing down the tube and it was it was gross and cool at the same time anyway so he had to remove the toilet and then put it back on and then like seal it down the bottom so he literally says to me like okay you can't sit on this toilet for the next 24 hours so i'm like okay <laughs> Now, if anybody's ever done keto, they know that often things go through you a little bit more than that because you're not eating fiber I, much. I, I have that problem with celiac. There you go. Exactly. <laughs> so that night I was working at an A-League final at the brand new Allion Stadium here in Sydney. So I'm like, great. I get to use the sit down facilities and I don't usually like doing number twos in public toilets. I'm just, I'm just that. <laughs> Who does? I'm just, I don't know. Women, if you're listening, they, they never think it's a problem. You always sit down when you go to the toilet. Us guys, we don't. Anyway, another situation so i'm like in this brand new media center i think i did like three dumps that night just because i knew i couldn't do it for the next 24 hours so i was mothering it out there <laughs> <laughs> who scored a goal <laughs> great fun this is this is uh sorry if my brother's still listening to our 24 recaps he'll probably remember this uh he was a caretaker of the uh the apartment building that uh, jamie lived in and this one time jamie is as you know person learning to live on their own didn't know any better uh she had a bunch of old rice that she thought i'm gonna flush this down the toilet instead of throwing in the garbage which rice expands i mean science taught us rice expands so her toilet got completely backed up i remember i was there like working this thing for an hour and a half when i was dripping in sweat i was exhausted and basically the whole toilet had to be removed i think my brother even called me to help me remove this toilet which is not a pleasant job well i'm not a manly man at all so i don't know any of this stuff and like literally when this plumber's like plunging through things he's all of a sudden like i'm looking at it and like there's crap coming up from the drain like not lat crap but like other crap there was cor- like, i ate that yeah <laughs> well there was corn and that was gra- last tuesday oh there there's my cheese i'm like the corn and grains are coming up and he's like oh so you, do you cook corn? I'm like, like, well, start as I'm keto. And secondly, corn is like one of the foods I hate the most in my life. So I knew it wasn't me. So clearly the person who lived here before or the person next door, it all like comes together at a U-bend, right? Yeah. So like, I'm just like, corn, it reminded me of Austin Powers. I didn't eat any corn. When <laughs> fat bastard like looks in the poo. Oh God. I just, I love the, the nerve of your plumber to actually ask you. It's like, huh, you eat that stuff? <laughs> Seriously? It's like, I was like, no, your business, mate. Like, do I come around to your house and judge you and your diet? <laughs> anyway, so Martha's not taking a dump. <laughs> <as you find out. laughs> uh, but, but this is one of the great fake outs mm. in 24 because we've established so much about Martha's character without making it clear. And even that scene with Evelyn earlier and talking about Vermont. So when the door is locked, I mean, the audience is already thinking, even now I'm thinking like, wait, I don't remember what happened here. Because really by next week, this is pretty much resolved within one scene, one quick scene with Aaron and it's done. But uh, uh, but basically, they walk in there. They see the pill bottle, and you're you're already thinking it before he goes in there. And then all of a sudden, he opens the curtain. You're expecting to find her body laying in the bathroom. Instead, there's a window open. You're like, ah, oh, great, you got me, twenty four. Good job. Um, I, I love this. I, the, the the Logan stuff. It, it's it's a small storyline. They're slowly building, but the way that they've so perfectly handled Martha's character, like five episodes in, I can't give enough compliments to how they've developed this. And and Gene Smart. 
what she's been able to do with this and let's add Gregory it's in there like they make this stuff yeah just quickly circling back to Roger Cross no CSI appearances uh Jag and NCIS though um and also oh. Blue Bloods I think we've mentioned that before but there he is <laughs> probably hanging out with Will and Tom and Danny Donnie Danny Donnie Danny Danny and Donnie <laughs> Donnie Donnie and Danny um yeah I mean just on the the villain stuff and the fight. I still just can't get over. I'm looking at uh, these like fake rat and you've got this like forensic <laughs> guy who's just like gently touching. He's like, don't break that. That was $2 from Dollar Tree. That was expensive. Um, the one bit, the, the villain stuff, that's a bit cheesy because they also use it a lot in the, the um, flashbacks, you know, the previously ons is um, the, the yellow tie guy, how he's kind of like, yes, these are the canisters. Did you have any trouble getting them out? No. And now Moscow will pay the price for invading our country. Like, it's just like, turn to the camera, mate, more and twirl your moustache. Like, it's just so obvious. Like, and then when we meet Bierko or whatever the sort of, I guess, quote, main villain is mm. of this season, he's very much a trailer line guy. You know, like, it's just, he's, 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 I like the character, but he's just sometimes a bit cliche and a bit like too 80s action movie. He could be yeah. very good Arnold, uh, basically. <laughs> Which, are you excited for the Arnold series? That's what Jamie was. Oh yeah, there's the the documentary, yeah. and then he's also got the new TV series at the same. He oh. basically sold the sold to Netflix. There's a TV series. What's a TV series on? Yeah, um, I don't know. I saw a trailer. It looked kind of like a a spy thing. I don't know if it was oh. supposed to be his daughter. It looked like True Lies with a daughter in a way. No, oh, okay, just an action one. <laughs> Tom, yeah, exactly. Anna hasn't started doing like romantic comedies all of a sudden. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> He got close with Danny DeVito, right? <laughs> well, who hasn't gotten close to Danny DeVito? That man gets around. Um, but I, I do, yeah. The the Logan stuff is great because yeah, you're right. Like this is I, I we've talked about it before. I think I remember when this started, and you're kind of like, oh, what is this first lady stuff? And I think on paper this should be something that we're rolling around. Oh god, this yeah. storyline, it's crap. But like Gene Smart and Gregory Ritson just sell this so well because it it's one of these things where we like we sort of know that she's telling the truth. I mean, we haven't, we've heard the recording. We've seen that she's got a piece of paper. We've not literally seen the words on the paper. So Mm -hmm. the way this is written is we're kind of with Charles here. We're kind of thinking that she is a bit cray cray because it's kind of at that point where like, we know that she's been attacked. So we know that's been taken, but we don't know what's on that piece of paper. So we're kind of, you know, you're like, Oh, well like maybe she is going a bit loopy here. You know, she's clearly going to Vermont, the crazy capital of the States. (laughs) So, you know, and then I just, there's that line she says when like, you know, Charles is like, oh, what, what's going on? What's this? And then she's like, oh, I had the, I had the evidence. I had the piece of paper. And he's like, you're still on this. And I just love the way she looks at him and goes, we've never been off it, Charles. Like, it's just like, <laughs> ooh, yeah. you know, testy. But yeah, that, that whole scene with the, the fake out, like, like the, the, you know, <laughs> like you, you do think, and again, it's 24. I wouldn't put it past them to have a. First lady commits suicide in episode six, mm. oh, episode five. So it's kind of like, you know, it's like, wow, okay. But yeah, it does kind of get resolved pretty quickly. But just on the stuff you're saying with like him and Walt, like, yeah, I'm seeing a little bit more that you talk about it. But again, I, I sort of know again, like next week and what it goes on. And again, my I think my point always is just like the quick turn that you get Bond villain cartoon Logan very quickly, which you don't see any signs of it. I think like you can, I've said it before, you compare it to like the Nina stuff in season one. You can easily watch season one again, knowing that Nina's evil and kind of just believing it. Like you kind of, Hmm. you watch that whole season 
And there's nothing really from Sarah Clark across that season which changes when she becomes evil. So I think it's more believable that you watch it with that lens and knowing that they obviously wrote it in later for the whole Jamie suicide, it's really murder thing. They do a very similar thing in this season. I just, my biggest issue is, is again, I think that the performance from Gregory Itzen and the way they write his character changes very significantly from what we're seeing right now versus some of these little carrots, which you could be like, oh yeah, like I can see what they're doing here. Although I do think that like, Sell it again. You would probably sell this a little bit more. So the moment when he's like with Martha before he goes out and talks to Walt, maybe have them like share a little glance, like if you know, and just like yeah, it could be subtle. But then you could go back and read it. It's kind of like if if you ever watched The Mole. I'm sure the American or the Canadian version was similar to ours. They would always have that episode at the end where they would be like, "Oh, and this was Clue Two in Episode Three of mm. you know Mole Colin. This is what he did to sabotage this you know challenge." And I always love those episodes because you're like, "Oh yeah, Dan, that was so obvious." <laughs> so like you know they could. How come I didn't pick up on that? Yeah, and I would have gotten away with it. See, um, but <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. I I, I like all everything here with the Martha and Charles stuff. So now we get Mara, Laura, Tyler, uh... <laughs> Mary Tyler Moore. <laughs> Mara Tyler Moore here. Who is this uh, woman? I don't believe you that we've you know, seen her multiple times. Like, there's lots of times where you'll throw somebody in here, but the, uh, do we see her again? Like, do you? Um, my, my I don't even know she is the first time, and I've watched you show how many times that you're like we've seen her before. I no, I'm well. We haven't seen her before, but Jack has seen her before because <laughs> this is the. Let's remember the last season. He came in for a day, and he never interacted with her, and he'd been gone what a year and a half at that point. So. We're about three years removed, if my math is right, from him actually working at CTU. So this has to be like one of their veterans at this point. But like, why include the character in here who would have to have been around for a long time if we're never going to see her again, which I'm assuming we don't. I'm trying to find... Uh, Mara Tyler is her name. Also, can I just point out, I do love the fact that 24 Wiki has a page for rat. Um, <laughs> a rat was a type of rodent. <laughs> was. <laughs> Apparently got declassified. Um, there's also... I've clicked here, Craig from CTU. Um, Mara Tyler, a field agent, uh, she appeared to have a working relationship with Jack before he left CTU. This is her only ever appearance. Um, I have to imagine they planned to maybe use her down the road and maybe the actress stopped you know, uh, having availability. Josie DiVincenzo. I love him. Memorable quotes. Year and a half. How'd you manage to stay invisible for so long? <laughs> Very memorable. Um, what has she been? She was in the movie Daredevil, your favourite. She was in CSI. She was in all of the CSIs. She was in Desperate <laughs> Housewives. She was in Why I Murdered My Roommate. She was in ER, General Hospital, Judging Amy. Oh, I like this woman. Oh, we got to get her on. She was in Friends. Who was she in Friends? You know, we joke, but like if we start doing interviews again, these are some of the people I actually want to talk to. I want to talk to like the uh, guest spots. Like, why were you brought in for just one line? Well, I literally gave you a bloody task a few weeks ago to get someone on the show. So, I mean, I, don't, <laughs> I can't remember what it was. I you did know? check. I don't, I, I don't see the, everything was arranged through the publicist of Leslie Hope. Mm. I mean, I could ask Leslie. Oh, I mean, she, right, she, that guy. Yeah, yeah. She's good. Well, message Leslie. Uh, she's our bestie. She's going to wear the cougar yeah, exactly. on a, her on a cougar shirt. <laughs> uh, we're going to have to finish that shirt before she does it. Another favor. She played tattoo uh, artist in Friends. There you go. I, I recognize her immediately. That episode. Oh, she was in Becca. Remember Becca? Great show. What? Becca. Rebecca. Becca. What is this? What is it? Ted oh, Danson. Becker. Yeah, Becca. Becker. Sorry, Becca. Becker. <laughs> Becker. Do you remember Becker? Ted Danson. Yeah, got a little of that show, right? Yeah. Um. Uh, anyways, so yeah, there's a quick conversation between her and Jack. This is where the Curtis phone call takes place earlier on. Uh, back at CTU, this is where. 
everybody's just awkward with Chloe or Chloe's awkward with everybody. <laughs> this is a brilliant back-to-back -back scene combo they have here. The Spencer scene with mm -hmm. Chloe, where it's like, I don't care, you know, if you are my boss or that you uh, you'll feel weirded out that we slept together. Nobody talks to me like that. She goes, really? I just did. And then we get the Edgar one where he comes in and he's just there, gawking at her. Duh. And he's like, I thought we were friends, Chloe. <laughs> Really, our best friends. 24 impersonation. <laughs> friends don't keep secrets from friends. Uh, I mean, like, they, they, I guess maybe Edgar and Chloe, we're, we're supposed to believe that between the last season and this season, they're actually become. I don't think Chloe becomes friends with anybody, you know, work acquaintances at the most, but Edgar probably is one guy that, you know, she has a bit of a relationship, maybe outside of work. Maybe she helps babysit his kid, his illegitimate kid, or whatever. He hasn't had sex. <laughs> Dude, I mean, where do I put it? <laughs> uh, maybe that's who he's waiting for that's why he's so jealous because spencer's getting the action that he what wants what do you mean spencer slept with you were you tired <laughs> you told me that you weren't free last night <laughs> i had to wash my hair with the words you used i rented beethoven too <laughs> you know Edgar would rent Beethoven. does it charles Grodin does it for women <laughs> he would he would rent number two he wouldn't even oh did you realize he was a number one <laughs> beethoven second <laughs> Why do you think there's a second egg? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. He's also renting Airbud World Pup instead of the original. <laughs> he's, into, he's like all the sequels. Land Before Time 2. <laughs> Most Valuable Primate, MVP. <laughs> all the animal movies. Turner Space Dogs. Boots. Oh, God. Santa Paws. <laughs> That's Edgar's genre there. Can we find if he's been in any of those movies? Oh, <laughs> yeah, he, pl he plays a dog. <laughs> uh, but, but like, okay, I maybe he has a relationship, but, like, the things that he's upset that she kept from him, Jack's still alive. Yeah, let me just, you know, completely do away with national security, people's lives, all that, and just tell you the one thing that nobody is supposed to talk about. And the second thing, that you're sleeping with Spencer. So is this Edgar's business? <laughs> this is like, okay, so if one day we find out that, I don't know, Noah is not dead, but he faked his own death. And that Rocky is sleeping with Kristen. You know, are we going to be Whoa. like, oh, I thought that Noah and Rocky were going to tell us this. You guys are supposed to be our friends. Hang on, so. hang on. Let, me just, let me just establish a visual there. Rocky and Kristen? <laughs> or, or Jared and Kristen? Or Rocky and Jared? Just, or like, Noah and Jared? Not that Jared? I ever sit around just picturing the Oslets having sex. But, like, <laughs> if you were to rank the Oslets in my mind that I could imagine having sex, Kristen's probably down the bottom near you because it's more of a case of... <laughs> Kristen would literally be like, oh, I don't like this. What is this? Oh, that doesn't feel good. It's overrated. I said I didn't, I didn't play games, okay? Everybody knows this. And Rocky, I mean, look, you know, I'm sure he's a tender lover, Rocky. But, I mean, <laughs> I think Rocky's more of like a, I don't know, a, a Linda type guy. Like those two kind of match each other on a level. Kristen's more of a Ben Powell type person. Those two would have, you know, angry, sad, grumpy sex. That'll work. Now, but, but but which combo are you going to be most, uh, I guess, uh, I'm, I don't know, I guess the opposite, not not upset. Which combo are you going to understand? This is a secret that you're not going to tell people. Oh, they're, like, we're just, they're just like fucking like bunnies, basically, is that yeah. what you're saying? Um, I mean, Rocky and Kristen. Oh, me, me and Cable. <laughs> that happens, I don't want to know. Me and you Cable. And cable. Yeah, me you and go. Cable. That, it's just <laughs> <calm down>. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Noah, <laughs> I'd teach him the ropes. Little minx. Uh, 
Rocky did send me a message this past week because I guess he's a fan of your Oz Vision, which I no. made an appearance on. Uh, Let me guess you try to recruit him for that too? So he's, 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 the Rocky agent? Look, his, his message to me was, do you really like Ben that much? You have to do, join your Oz Vision now too? And I responded to him. I said, well, in all fairness, I didn't even last through the whole episode. So, And in all fairness, <laughs> is he only listen when you're on things? Like we've been doing that show for seven years, Rocky. That was our first ever spinoff. We did that before 007. Come on. He's probably been your only listener this whole time. Come on the qualifying lap. We might get a listener. <laughs> if I come on the qualifying lap, you'll get Rocky to listen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I've always wanted Rocky to anyways. listen to the qualifying lap. Deserves to. It, but, but like, it, it, as weird as it is that he's upset that these are things that Chloe didn't tell him, like, it, it makes sense for Edgar to be upset about those things, you know? Um, we get uh, uh, the, the, the best thing here ever, which is Lynn. As we know now, he's not a bad guy, but... He's asking people to do things, and this, there's got to be an ulterior motive here. Audrey, hmm. I want you to interrogate Jack's new thing. <laughs> Just get all the dirty details. Find out how they did it, how often, what positions. Was Rocky involved? Was Kristen involved? Where was Cable and all this? <laughs> like, again, if Kristen's having sex, there's no positions with Kristen. She's just laying there. <laughs> like, no, and that's and that's but, not even just like I'm not trying to be disrespectful. Like, Rocky's doing the same. Like, there's a whole bunch of people. There's like Ben Powell. Like this, I don't. I take that back. I don't get those two having sex because they're both laying on their backs. You do it. No, you do it. No, you do it. No, you do it. They don't know what to do. They just give up both and watch them over. No, they're both blaming you for whatever didn't happen. That's what's happening. Ben Powell there. blames me for everything, <laughs> wanker. But like this is it's it's. Does it make any sense? No. Does it um, make you look a little bit more? Uh, I, I guess suspiciously at Lynn. Yes, and I think part of that is because this interrogation for Audrey to. Uh, Diane, that's her name. Connie was, Britton. Con- Connie's Colin? The real, Connie Britton. Well, I was trying to think of her character's name because Connie Britton's all I think about. Uh, but, <laughs> Natural. <laughs> I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> but like, this is something that never pays off. Like, flash forward here. She starts to interrogate her. She asks about three questions. Jack awkwardly comes in there and it is brilliantly played. I don't know if this is the moment you're talking oh, about yeah. where, oh, yeah. yeah, you have Diane asking, did you know Jack or Frank? Yes, I knew him i knew him in all different ways pretty big isn't him. it right yeah <laughs> i i i knew him before you knew him and trust me uh <laughs> some things are better left unsaid but uh, you've got aids but- connie i don't <laughs> yeah, exactly <laughs> where has he been in between me and you i don't know <laughs> i just know i got the best of it but uh but yeah this is like it's so awkward and Part of it is there just for the audience's enjoyment. The other part is to make you kind of still look at Lynn kind of weird because I think somebody even has that, you know, it's like, why would you need to question her and let alone about this? But it never pays off. And yet the way he explains it, you know, she had contact with these people. We need to know. Nobody finishes this interrogation. She goes home next week without anybody else finishing this interrogation. But it is such a great scene. I mean, I just want to stop you just to talk about how incredible just the looks from all three of these actors are. Bonnie Britton... You know, suddenly cluing in as she sees Audrey and Jack looking at each other and then Jack trying not to look that way and everything. It's, it's just amazing. I'll loop back on that second. I just want to talk about the Chloe stuff in just a second. Just on Louis Lombardi. He's actually been in some decent things back in the day. Uh, he was in Beverly Hills Cop 2, Natural Born Killers. He was in Edward, The Usual Suspects. Um, I, just, I just watched Beverly Hills Cop 2. Who was he in that? Snake. Uh, <laughs> he played a snake. Did you see it? <laughs> Like slithering <laughs> on the ground, uh, not being in like an air bud. Oh, he's in nine episodes of The Sopranos. He seems like a guy who'd be in The Sopranos. I guess he was in the animal that we've talked about, uh, with the the survivor connection with Colleen, where he played the character Fatty, 
That's nice. Um, of course he did. But uh, yeah, just with the, like, Chloe, I think what's so great about the Chloe-Edgar relationship in this season is that, like, you get it from Chloe in this episode. She's so socially awkward. And I think Marilyn Radscript does such a good job of selling this character. This is like a real solid Chloe episode because you've got like this moment where she's such a dick to Spencer. She's such a dick to Edgar. Then she tries to make up with Spencer in the best way that Chloe can. And it's just so awkwardly terrible. And then what eventually happens to Edgar and then Chloe's reaction to that, it's kind of just that level of, like we all know people who are so like social. This is Kristen. They're so like socially yeah. <laughs> awkward and like kind of a dick, but they don't. They're not really like that. They just don't know how to interact with humans. So I'm sure mm. if I died tomorrow, <laughs> Kristen would actually genuinely be sad because she loves me. Um, so like it's kind of things like that which I love what they do here with Chloe, and I just love that like that opening line about like oh we'll sit down with some chamomile tea and we'll talk about our feelings. <laughs> and he's like oh dude, it hurts my feelings. Um, yeah. But oh like. I, I just with Lynn quickly, like, yeah, I get it, but this is where I will defend Lynn because I kind of appreciate this moment where he says, like, to Audrey, like, I need you to do this. Because, like, let's be honest, Audrey again is just there. They've just literally gone, oh, Audrey's going to do something. In the official guide, Kim Raver loves her storyline this season. She loves it. Audrey's doing more shit. I'm like, what, you're doing more shit? You're sitting <laughs> around, you get one scene, an episode going, I agree. And then you kind of walk off screen yeah. until, like, the second half of the season. But this is her best episode by far, clearly. But I like the fact that, like, Lynn's making use of the staff. She's a DOD liaison. And I kind of think he sells it a little bit because it would make sense. Like, it's it's kind of like he's moved past, oh, he's not a suspect anymore. But people knew Jack was alive, so we need to get to the bottom of it somehow. We don't know who this yeah. Connie Britton woman is. She could be, like, evil. We don't know. We're going to check, check all our bases and then it kind of makes sense. Like, you had a relationship with Jack, so you kind of know him. So, like, I think this kind of works. So, I think, it, yeah, on paper it's a bit silly, but also I think he sells it to enough where he's just that dick boss. The the yeah. one who, like, who comes in, who's doing nothing but his job, he just rubs you a little bit the wrong way because he's a stickler for the rules. And you're just kind of like, oh, him. But I love this scene, like, Kim Raver and Connie Britton in a room together. I mean, is it Christmas for Ben Waterworth? I mean, this is... I love this. And then Jack's looking through the window. Oh, this is like... This is an orgy for me. Um, but, like, just the scene between the two of them is so good because I think Kim Raver kind of pulls this off, the awkwardness of it. And then even Connie Britton, like... She's so Connie Britton. Like, when mm-hmm. uh, when Audrey's just kind of like, oh, so did you and Jack, like, have a relationship? Or, like, were you intimate? And she just has this moment. She's just like, well, I don't think it's any of your business. It's kind of... It's a bit... It's a bit Leslie Hope from season one when she's like snapping at Nina, uh, yeah. you know. So it's, oh, you're right. It's, it's there, there was that whole scene, uh, yeah, at the house yeah. uh, after the yeah. Which we know how much Leslie talked up that scene, obviously mm. when we had her on the show. But I think it's just great. And then just this moment where like you just you see Jack looking at Audrey, like, and this is this is like I made fun of the fact that Audrey didn't really react on the phone much to Jack being alive. But this is it because we literally see Jack walking to CTU. You've got the cliche every season, Jack returns to CTU. People look up from their desk. Oh, my God, it's Jack Bauer scene. Um, and like literally. Mara is always there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bill literally is just like, good to see you, Jack. I'm sorry I couldn't tell you, Bill. It's okay. Like, and literally everybody in CTU is just like, oh, we thought you were dead. Here's your desk. 
Whereas, like, this is what we need. Like, Audrey's reaction here, just the way they're staring at each other. Kiva does this so perfectly, almost like an innocent Jack. Like, it's kind of like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. And just this scene between the two of them. Oh, my God, I love this scene so much. Just the way she's kind of, like, trying to touch him and then, like, just, just, mm-hmm. just so much to tell you and Dick Staffer comes in and inter- interrupts them. But, like, it's just, it's so good. And this is my... I'm just putting it out there as a nominee. It's not going to make the top five. I realize that. There's no way this can make the yeah. top five in this season. But, like, season two, this could probably make it. But, like, it's just, it's so good. I just, and they pull this off so well. And I love the interview with Kim Raver in the book where she basically says, like, Kiefer and I worked on how this relationship would develop. Like, I love hearing that the actors are going to talk about their characters and doing that. So, yeah, so good. I love, I love all of this. I mean, Connie Britton, Kim Raver, Kiefer Sutherland, sign me up. Uh, and also, let's not forget, most of the scenes that Audrey and Jack have together last season and even in a lot of this season are just phone conversations. Yeah. So just to have them face-to-face uh, is such a treat. Um, in case you missed it, Spencer is the guy that Walt's <laughs> using on the inside here. So he must be the mole. Uh, or is he? Uh, to be resolved next week. Uh, like I mentioned at the beginning of the season, I feel like Spencer's a character you forget about. There's a reason you kind of forget about him because the way that this whole Spencer the Mole thing plays out is sort of like, oh, well, that's, you know, a bit of a tease for nothing. But um, it's it's actually done very effectively this episode. I mean, we've seen it a million times. Uh, best thing about it, though, is that when he goes in there and he's basically just, I don't know what he's, what he's actually supposed to do. He's clearing the area, finding out the area where the assassin he doesn't know is assassin is going to come in. Uh, he cover is he's opening a socket, yeah. a new socket, by the way, <laughs> we ran out of sockets. You ever wonder why there weren't any sockets open last season? It's because we ran out. So I'm making well, a new one. <laughs> and what's, what's the thing when like the, the assassin guys coming in and like, I, I, I love like, the security guy, Mr. <laughs> Inconvenience. Yes. Can I help you? Yes. Hi, I'm Jenkins from division. I'm here to uh, check some admin files. Oh, well, this wasn't on my list. I'll have to call yeah, up admin. Uh, and like you see him, and I love Spencer coming in. Hey, are you Jenkins from Division? I was just talking about you. It's all right. Sorry about that, old buddy. I'll come here, you. I'm going to get him inside. Come and check the admin. I saw it advertise. Like, <laughs> like the security guy is the worst security guy in the world because this is the same CTU that was bombed, what, two seasons ago, three seasons ago. I don't know how many things they've gone through. They, they had... Their main villain assassinated by a lonely housewife two seasons ago. And this guy who has no clearance, nobody told you was coming. Spencer, who's only got level three, by the way, not level five, comes and says, oh, it's you. And he doesn't even say from division. He says, from outside, you're Hank from outside support. <laughs> you basically identified you're IT. not supposed to be here. You're I- generic IT. <laughs> you're from Geeks And they just let him in. Geeks are us, Yeah. Um, but I mean, before this, we do have, uh, when Chloe comes in, he finds him and she gives her fake apology, like you said, which the best thing about this, and I, I totally agree with what you're saying about, um, the, the little things that they give Chloe here, the, the development of that social awkwardness. Cause for the first time ever, we actually have Chloe kind of assessing herself yeah. as, oh, I'm, I did something wrong there after her bad apology to Spencer, which is like, why do I do that? And like, the look never she gives, that, that, yeah. egg, that egg moment when he storms off, she kind of has this sort of look where you can tell she's like, fuck, I'm like, I'm like yeah, that. I definitely did. have moments where I'm like, fuck, I shouldn't have said that. Like you just, you're in that moment. And Marilyn Radzkip for a non-serious actor does that really mm-hmm. well. Yeah, like this is season where everything's like last season was still great for Chloe, but like this is the season where it's like, okay, this is Chloe at her best. Mm-hmm. And everybody understands this character at this point. Um, 
obviously she sees that he's using clearance level five and she calls up Edgar. Like, Tell me what clearance I'm supposed to have. No, Dude. he's your employee. He's your boyfriend. I'm watching <laughs> Airbud 4. <Yeah. laughs> Which one was Airbud 4? Now I'm having trouble remembering them. <laughs> Airbud hard, Bud Harder. Um. <laughs> Bud Harder. <laughs> Airbud with a vengeance. I, I... Bud, hard with a, Bud Hard with a vengeance. <laughs> the Airbud strikes back. I, Revenge of the Airbud. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he basically finds out he's got level three, not level five. So she's suspicious. Uh, she's more than suspicious. She's turning her boyfriend in right away. Uh, and, um, basically Spencer, the, the shortest lived mole in the history of CTU. We, we find out within this episode, he's this guy who's working on the inside. He must be evil to immediately we're arresting this guy. He doesn't even get back to his desk basically. And they're arresting him. And this is another great Edgar moment here where he's like, Hey Edgar, uh, can you unlock this for me? No. <laughs> and he's like, okay, but uh, excuse me, Spencer, can you come with us? You're under arrest. Edgar is like, sorry, I just found out. I couldn't do it anybody. But like that, that's so Edgar, and that's that's just brilliant. That's like so Edgar. That's the so sequel Edgar. to That's So Raven. <laughs> that's so Edgar. That's so Edgar. <laughs> also played by Raven. What's the name? <laughs> But uh, Spencer's interrogation, now now I actually get why Chloe's in here. I mean, you would think from Bill's perspective, why is Chloe going to be in here? You know, she's got a relationship. He doesn't know any of this. So, and it's actually really nice the way that she so quickly explodes. Why did you have to crawl in bed with me in the betrayal? Like, this is so personal for her right away. And Bill's just like, calm down. Keep in mind, Bill doesn't know that these two are sleeping together. Yeah. And yet his reaction is like so professional. Like this is why Bill is so good as a boss at CTU because it's all business for him. Like even when Jack comes in, it's like, Bill, you know, I'm sorry about Michelle. And he's like, yeah, kind of sucks. All right. Back to business. Like he's, <laughs> he, he's not cold in any way. He's just like, Hey, let's stick to the, we'll, we'll deal with your, uh, having sex with your subordinates later on, Chloe. Uh, right now let's actually interrogate this. Uh, and, and I mean, it's done away with pretty quickly where he, you start to kind of get the suspicion throughout this. Oh, well, maybe he's not all that bad. He's like, I'm following orders or whatever. And he doesn't, he did not come across like a guy who actually knows what's going on. Um, Lynn is questioning Jack, uh, through this, uh, one of my favorite Jack moments, this, this is up there with the, Hey, like Jack is basically being a dick here, uh, where he's saying, wait, if what you say is true and somebody in Logan's administration is, uh, you know, behind the assassination, that also means somebody in Logan's administration is behind the theft of the, the nerve gas. And Jack's like, yeah, you're going to have to look into that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Like that is such a great moment. We don't yeah. ever get sarcastic. Jack doesn't have fun like this, you know. Yeah. He's having fun. This is here. rabbit hole, Kiefer. Did you watch the <laughs> exactly. rest of Rabbit yeah, Hole? Yeah, yeah. Did you? Watch- I, I've got the last episode to go. Uh, was the last episode aired yet? Yeah, yeah. yeah last week. It's. it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I like the show. There's like one yeah, or two I episodes. Did, yeah. Like they, this is stretched out a little bit, but it's crazy. It's it's bonkers. It's it's Kiefer having fun. It's yeah. him enjoying himself. Yeah. Um, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Did we'll you get the, the guy from this season that we're going to get in a few episodes that came back that, that Kiefer? Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> like, yeah. That was like, a, Oh, there's, they're definitely playing to 24 reunion. fans here. I mean, yeah. Die hard, die hard 24 fans. Uh, but, uh, throughout this, they uh, basically find out that Tony is awake. So we're going to go see Tony. And I love the Tony. No, he said he would only talk to Jack. How does Tony know Jack's there? Yeah. No like idea. the last thing Tony knew, the president was assassinated. I'm gonna go to my car. Boom! That's the last thing he remembers. Like, get Jack. Like he should be like Jack's dead. Everybody, don't bother calling him. He's definitely dead. Uh, he shouldn't even know Jack's there. 
Um, we uh, get Jack quickly meeting up with Derek here. And it's a nice little scene between him and Derek. This sort of like, I wanted to apologize for it. You got nothing to apologize. You know, your mom is lucky to have you, kid. <laughs> now come here, <laughs> you. Yeah, come here, scallywag. <laughs> oh, off your pop, you little <laughs> rascal. Go on. Go watch Airbud 3 with Edgar. <laughs> uh, but uh, when Jack's in there uh, looking, trying to hover over Tony, he sees there. This is like the James Bond eyeball reflection of being a gold, gold finger where he sees the guy behind him. We get the fight scene with the scissors and everything. And it's actually a pretty good fight scene. It's very yeah, tense. It like when you see the scissors going right for the throat, you're like, Ooh, uh, but I, I just want, when Jack stabs the guy through the throat, I just want that to be a moment where Tony wakes up and goes, I survived that <laughs> in the neck. I was not a big deal. Okay. <laughs> well, I think it's a badass kill because not only does he stab him, he kind of holds back and then he like adds the extra like man slap in his neck. <laughs> Pow. Yeah. Like he, he does, he does a double stab. Like hammer fists them. <laughs> exactly. Uh, basically, the fight scene's over really here. What else went great? Tony just like, fuck! <laughs> he just gets really into it. Kick him in the balls! Grab Come on, head. give it to him, Jack! Yeah, yeah! <laughs> you got him! <laughs> uh, uh, they they have a quick lockdown of the facility. Jack's rushed to when he finds out the Spencer's being interrogated. Uh, again... Jack's actually under arrest right now. Let's remember that. Well, he's not. Everybody lets him walk. Well, but Logan said, I want him detained. But so, uh, we, we get that one scene where Lynn says, like, no, you're innocent. Here's your card. So he basically absolves oh. him there. That's pretty lazy. I mean, well, don't you think that they'd be worried about the president's orders here? But, I mean, again, we gotta, we got to remember next week where Jack ends up. So, I mean. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he's clearly not under arrest next week, costing the president. Um, <laughs> he just runs in the inter- Spencer interrogation, just sort of the, uh, tell me who number two works for. <laughs> in there. That's number two. <laughs> and this is where we get the Spencer reveal. It's like, oh, I'm not actually a bad guy. I'm working in an internal affairs investigation. Or at least I think I am. Uh, it was authorized by Walt Cummings. Uh, th- I was about to say this is where the beep, beep, beep happens, but uh, it's actually not here. We get a little bit more back and forth where uh, they're basically making a plan saying, oh, how, what are we going to do? We're going to go see Logan ourselves. Uh, and then what? And then what? It's like, I'll get Cummings myself. And that's our beep, beep. I kind of wish, though, it had just ended with you know, Walt Cummings because I feel like that's the it, big revelation. It, it, no, I think it needs to end with the White House line. So who sent you? The White House. Yeah. <gasps> dun, yeah. dun, dun, dun. That's where it ends. Yeah, exactly. It, the, the rest of stuff after next week, Blair, but still, it's it's an incredible ending to an episode that not a lot actually happens in it. Mean, it's just a lot of characters kind of meeting up again. But this interrogation of Spencer a lot better than I remember, especially and in a weird way, I feel like I should be more annoyed that the whole Spencer's a mole thing is done away with, but they do this every season. You know, we've, how many other ways can you fake out the audience? We've already done the guy L thing. You can't do that again. If they had tried to drag this out, it just would have been guy L all over again, doing it where it's like, we reveal them, then we're going to apprehend them. And then we're just going to have the, the switch where it's like, Oh, he's not actually technically a bad guy all in the same episode. It actually is kind of effective on a rewatch. They, They do always try and do something new with the mole. Um, and like season, I can't remember, season six, is there a mole? There's got to be a mole somewhere in season six. Um, seven, it's obviously within the FBI. It's a little bit different. Eight, I will say though, like they kind of ham it up with Katie Sackhoff. They kind of like, basically, you know, pretty early and then you kind of get to see a lot more with her moving on. Although the Freddie Mm. Prince Jr. stuff, it's, it's fine, but like, Anything with Katie Sackhoff in it. Like, there's a scene between her and Katie. Did Kiefer. you watch Mandalorian season? I, I did. Yes. 
which was she not the best thing about it? <laughs> oh, the only, probably the only good thing I about actually it. just, I, I can't wait for us to do our next um, Patreon episode because I actually just watched all of Last of Us and I don't know if you got around to watching it. No. But I thoroughly recommend it. And I think that it's basically Pedro Pascal's MO now is looking after, you know, lost children and then <laughs> children. bonding with them. Um, which actually, I, I don't know if you watched the Honest trailer that I sent you for Mandalorian Season 3 um, or also also the pitch meeting. And it was basically just like how, and it makes sense about how, yeah, Pedro Pascal was basically unavailable for the entire season. So he just did the voice. And that's why you like never yeah. see him with his helmet off. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> two really quick things you touched on before I talk about the ending. Uh, lots of references to manifest in this episode. You're not on the manifest, manifest, yeah. manifest. Oh, advertising. <laughs> and also you, you touched on there an interesting thing, which I don't think we've ever really mentioned before, which I feel we can talk about this probably more on our 24 redemption episode in a couple of seasons time is you mentioned diehard 24 fans. Were you aware that there very nearly was a 24 diehard crossover? Are, are you What? So Diehard 5 was actually initially written as the 24 <laughs> movie crosses over with Diehard. Like this is a legitimate wow. thing. Because we'll get when we get to redemption, we know that there was meant to be a 24 movie and it's still talk to this day. I still think if they bring back 24 it will be a movie. I don't think they'll bring it back as a, a series. But legitimately, it was written like Fox wanted this to happen. I think it came out possibly in the leaks when um, Sony got hacked or something along those lines. There was some sort of connection around that. Maybe I could get that part wrong. But it was very, very close to happening that we were going to get a Jack Bauer and John McClane team up. And it was oh, be I want I want a script leaked for this one. Yeah. Somebody make a comic book out of it, something. So as soon as you mentioned that, I'm like, I, like I, have we ever talked about that before? Um, but no, wow. that, that is a thing that like, we're obviously going to do Redemption. We I think we need to do the 24 Simpsons and the 24 South Park parody episodes as well. We've talked about those before. But uh, anyway, that's a fun little thing for you. Um, yeah, all of this stuff, like the Jack, the Tony bit, like, I, again, it now it's not a shock, but it took me back to watching this live. Because it was like, oh my God, Tony, like, because you kind of forget. You're like, oh, there he is. And I remember watching this live, like going, oh, there, look, oh, he's about to wake up. He's about to wake up. Never clicked to me that this was about to happen. And I remember being so excited because I'm still in that giddy face. Like, oh, Tony's still alive. There he is. Tony, yay. And then all of a sudden it's like, what? No. Um, and I thought Tony. Not Hank from outside support. <laughs> but like now when you know what's about to happen, it's kind of obvious because the back of the head of the doctor guy, the way they show it. Um, but I mean, Carlos Bernard, this is the easiest, you know, couple hundred thou he's probably ever made in his life. Carlos, lay there and don't <laughs> say a word. Um, it's a great fight. It's very like physical and, and I just love the double stab. Um, but yeah, the reveal, like I'm with you. I think that it should be like end a little bit different because the more and more I think about season five, season five, like is original, but it's also a big rehash of season one because you think about this fake out that we're going to get. So the big reveal is like, oh, the White House are evil, right? So we're going to get that next week. And it's all like, oh, you know, the White House are behind this, right? It's season one, it's season one when oh, Nina's evil. Nina's the mole. There's a mole in CTU. It's definitely Nina. And then all of a sudden, no fake out. She's not really. Someone else is a mole. Okay, we got rid of that. So we're going to get that here. The White House is evil. Oh, no, this is bad. Oh, no, we solved that. It was just Walt. Let's move on. And then like later on, you will get it more. And it's dragged out more in season five than it is in season one because obviously we don't get that reveal in season one until the penultimate episode but it's just it's weird when you kind of can like just what we're saying about the last of us and the mandalorian very different shows but on paper they're the same show mm -hmm. um so it's kind of it's it's very interesting that but yeah i love the reveal keepers on fire i love just like angry jack when he just like you know because this is i think a bit of a you know a disparity from season four because season four 
everybody who's remotely evil, we're going to fucking tie into a chair and torture them and give them sensory devices. Season five is let's sit Spencer down and talk to him. But uh, hey, he is white. So um, yeah. <laughs> he's a white male. So that's why he's he's allowed to just sit in a chair and have a coffee. Probably got a tea. Uh, would you like some chamomile tea? We'll talk about our feelings. Chamomile. <laughs> um, but I just love Jack. He just comes in and he doesn't shoot him in the leg like he did with the guy in episode one of last season. <laughs> but he's just like straight away, like you and I are going to have a chat. See this guy. And the thing that I love about this guy who plays Spencer is... Yeah, it's kind of a different way of having a fake out for the mole, but you can tell in him straight away. Jonah Lotan is his name. The way he reacts to seeing a dead body. This is a guy who's never seen a dead body before. This is a guy who's literally just, you know, doing it. And what I will give props to this eventually very convoluted man with the Bluetooth headset storyline that we're going to get over the next three seasons controlling the government is like these are the seeds when you start to learn a little bit about this and you're going to learn that these people are evil, but they're doing it for, quote, good reasons. So what you're going to learn from Walt next week and kind of these reasons why there's this government conspiracy, as always, are for the good reasons and it gets out of hand. And this is what I think this is with Spencer. And he pulls off this really well, Jonah. But yeah, as you said, there's not a whole lot that happens in this episode, but we haven't really said anything bad, bad rat effects, yeah. um, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, strangely enough, even just of the uh, half of the episode I've seen of next week, I've got more complaints about it. Now, having said that, the great things about next week's episode are amazing. But uh, but it's it's kind of weird with this one. Uh, we'll, we'll go through the trivia, but when I'm, I'm still kind of debating where I want to rank this. But uh, trivia, my browser's completely frozen. Um, so I hope you have something. Best trivia ever, Colin. There's a minor mistake when Curtis Manning examines the dead rat. It shows to have a bloody vomit around its mouth. Rats are biologically incapable of vomiting for any reason. Rat fact. Well, but has anybody actually tested rats on Centox nerve gas? Because well, maybe that changes their biology. In all fairness, rats get tested on a lot, Colin, so I'm sure they're probably shunned a few... <laughs> vomit, you stupid rat! Vomit! <laughs> no, I don't want to vomit. I'm a rat. Oh, I can't, I can't wait till we get... I can't wait till we get to the human trials next week. That's my favorite part. <laughs> oh, yeah, the videos. <laughs> Colin and Ben laugh at the, <laughs> the physically incapable people getting tested on by nerds. <laughs> Actually, so in the book, the, the fun fact is how um, if this was like an HBO show, we'd be getting a little bit different reactions because according to the official guide by Tara Delulio Watkins, whatever her last name is now, uh, is that apparently nerve gas is so bad that like it obviously renders every function of your human body incapable, right? So literally anybody who's ever had nerve gas, not only do they vomit, every part of their body just loses bodily function. So you shit everywhere. You piss everywhere. Like, because it's like when you die, like not everywhere. When people don't talk about that, the fact that when you die, there's always that moment with a dead body that obviously all the muscles relax. So if you've got like bowel movement, you're going to shit everywhere. Right. So like, (laughs) Basically, when we're seeing these people die over the coming weeks, they're shitting themselves. They're pissing themselves. Like, this is <laughs> fake 24. But that's the best one ever. Rats are biologically... <laughs> if we named our episodes, that would be the episode title. Yeah. Uh, is that the only trivia we got? Oh, there's more. It's like um, various references, security levels. Eric Strickland's last name is spelt incorrectly in the opening credits. Fuck! What people were hired for Fox in the 2000s? Spell a name correctly. It's not that hard. Who are they? Ben Waterworth? Um, this Jell, is one, Jowl, Joel. One of only four episodes this season to feature the entire main cast. Really? Um, and then there's a featurette on the DVD, The Music of Sean Callery, which explores the scene where Jack and Audrey first see each other. There you go. That's nice. Uh, I'm 
buying this episode. Uh, how many in this row would it be for me? Uh, a lot, Colin. One, Let me two, just have a look two, for you. Three, four, five, six, seven, ten. This is my tenth in a row. Oh, you're my first double digit. You are you are on a streak here. I need to go through over our other show records in terms of what the longest one is. I think I still hold the record for it for the longest. Oh, actually, Nick might have broken that for Breaking Bad, but I like it when you're on. I'm buying it too. This is like my one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh in a row. Uh, ranking, like, I, I really want to rank this one higher, but when I look at, like, the first four episodes especially, I mean, those first four episodes really can't be beat. I don't want to rank it that high. Uh, I've got it right around 36 is where I'm going to settle on right now. Oh, my age, Colin. Look at you go. <laughs> and that's actually not a joke. That is my age. Um, huh. But what did you say? 36? I got this is my age. I just think about that. I just literally <laughs> said that. Uh, I've got it a bit higher. I've got it at 21. So it's the lowest wow. of the season so far. Like literally my season rankings has gone episode one, episode two, episode three, episode like they're all in order basically as of right now. Next week we'll be above this. Don't worry. But yeah, I mean, it's still solid. Like it's entertaining. I've got this just below the pilot of season four. So um, yeah, solid episode. Overall, this will come in at 34th. Wow, I rank this quite highly overall mm. out of 216 episodes. But uh, yeah, good episode. Solid episode. Next week, um, oh. I don't know if you want to look at the write-up. I mean, we're, we're going to get uh, we're, we're gonna a lot of development on the whole Walt thing. Uh, that's going to be a big thing. Jack goes out in the field. Uh, his first real field assignment uh, of the, the season, I guess. And uh, we get... Another Connie Britton Kim Raver meeting. That's that's the important part. It's our last Connie Britton episode next week. Be sad. Yeah. Um, but I think they kiss, don't they? Um, yeah. Look, next week is the Kiefer Sutherland show, and this is a Jack Bauer power episode. Like we've we've often and Logan and Logan, but like we've often complained about sometimes the situations that Jack goes in and kind of like it's a bit over the top. This is literally Jack interrogates, physically assaults. And nearly kills the White House chief of staff in front of in front of the president of the United States of America. This is something that I feel the writers have put down on paper, and have just said we need to do this at one point, And I'm all for it. This isn't a gas station robbery or just like silly over the top stuff, which we're still going to get in this show. This is incredible, and like just this the scene that he is like holding what like I think it's a pen or a knife to his eye, and like I'm going to cut your eyeballs out. I'm going to gut you. I'm going to knife and slash you. Like he's basically just like doing like the scary movie rap guy, like you know, basically I'm going to slice and dice and put your intestines on the floor, like that kind of. If you remember that rap, and it's, just, it's epic. Like, and this is in front of the president of the United States of America. Like fucking hell, it's like everything about it is just absolutely batshit crazy, insane. But I am all for it. I love it. And some questionable scenes between Logan and Walt uh, that we're going to be picking apart for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, but but I will say, even though as I watch that scene, I'm like, oh, this is where the holes start to appear. I'm just amazed at like Gregory Itzen's performance. And even the guy that plays Walt, I can't remember his name. Those two guys playing off each other is just dynamite in the next episode. So yeah, next next one's going to be a fun one. There, and uh, we, we, I will say we are like we're we've got a bit of a streak still. We've got a few good ones to come, but um, I'm just spoiling it now in terms of the fact that I think what I've been two episodes this season. Uh, the first bin for me is about three or four weeks away. So. Uh, is there okay. a rent coming up soon? Uh, <laughs> uh, let's uh, not spoil that. Let's save no, that. No, for- uh, this entire season I. Bin to rent to everything else is a buy. So, wow. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, we're going to be back next week then. And um, at the time people are listening to this, I don't know if our Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, Volume 3 uh, <laughs> review is out yet. Probably. Uh, we'll be reviewing one of the Guardian of the Galaxy movies. It'll be a surprise which one. Yeah, just pick, take uh, a peek. The, the ho- holiday special, I guess. Have you watched it yet? Uh, no, but I'll I'm going to watch, watch all of them. Like, well, I, I think I'm running out of time. I want to watch all the first two movies and that before I, I see. I, I argue Holiday Special is the best of all of them just because it's got Kevin Bacon really? in an absolutely incredibly starring role. And Kevin Bacon's amazing in it playing himself. So, um, yeah, watch it for the Kevin Bacon. I'll, I'll watch it for the Kevin Bacon. That's he is. The Kevin Bacon. <laughs> the. That's who he is. <laughs> That's how he's building it. My friend, Kevin. Uh, you have a Kevin Bacon number, Colin, of two because I've interacted and talked and That's interviewed right. the man. So you are that close to Kevin Bacon. You are welcome. <laughs> I listened to it. <laughs> you were the one. Yeah, it was. I was the one. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, but uh, we'll be back for more 24 next week and then maybe Gardens of the Galaxy and some other stuff along the way. Uh, my name is Colin. And since when do you say not now? My name is Ben and you have to believe me. I thought I was serving the president. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time. like exclusive stuff yes sir do you like having access to your favorite podcast hosts in a way like never before yeah absolutely do you wish you had access to our old survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online oh yeah if you answered yes to one two or all of those questions then get excited because the oz network is now on patreon That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.